Well, 46 years ago, I heard a guy teach. <laughs> One of my professors, Bible school, and it was Brother Jim Hodges, and he was talking about the, the concept of the kingdom of God way ahead of his time. If you don't like my theology or my eschatology, it's his fault. <laughs> but uh, he and his wife, Jean, who's maybe watching today, if you are, hi. And, um, but they've been an example to uh, hundreds of us, probably thousands now. Many leaders that I could name call him their spiritual father. He is mine. And um, he's just been there over the years. In fact, when we graduated Christ of the Nations, we had about 40 people. And I, I found out a way to contact him and say, come if you would. It's the first year that we were here. And we had about 40 people, I think, in Winton Street. And he came. He came. I couldn't believe it. And I thought, wow. And he came. He has been here every year since. And now... I don't even ask him. I get a text from him saying, I can come this date, this date, or this date for my pilgrimage to Middletown. And of course, I always say yes. I know of no one that I trust more, that knows God's word uh, as, as well as him. Wisdom uh, just is uh, available just at a phone call if we need it. And he leads the federation of, of uh, churches and, and ministers international and um, touches lives all over the world. And uh, uh, I just am so glad that, that he can be here and continue to put that wisdom, the, 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 all the years of wisdom together into times like this and still do it with energy and grace and especially the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Uh, would you welcome Dr. Jim Hodges as he comes to tell us what God is saying today. I think I'm on. Hey, thank you, my Wow, that's a lot of pressure to have to preach after that. Well, thank you, Apostle Tim. Please be seated. Let me just uh, clarify something up front here this morning, and that is this, that if Apostle Tim and I agree, we're right. <clears throat> Amen. Now, since I'm with family, I'm going to talk to you like family. Our home church is in Frisco, Texas, Kingdom Life, which just uh, concluded with a Monday through Friday Speakers like uh, Clay Nash, uh, Scott Hinkle, Sam Brassfield, Sean Foyt was our lead worship the last night. And so uh, this was our first experience as a home church to do that. And the first night, the temperature at the tent was 111 degrees. Um, and the tent wasn't air conditioned. But anyway, God showed up. Just awesome things. People got saved, delivered, healings. Uh, one night, uh, must have been 50 or 60 under 30s up at the front receiving Holy Spirit baptism. 
Uh, I sat down the first night, and um, Jean couldn't hardly take the heat, so she went into the little nurse's tent that had stuff plus AC. And so a lady turned to me and said, are you Brother Hodges? I said, yes. She said, well, my name is so-and-so. Um, I, two weeks ago, had a dream about Jesus, and I'm no longer a Muslim. I'm a follower of Jesus. I said, good to meet you, too. But uh, so stuff like that happened. It was wonderful. And that's a home church. But we have a church online, the Oasis. Speaking of Muslims, every year they go to Mecca, I go to Middletown. <laughs> it may be a record, Tim and Carol. I can't believe it's been 46 years. These guys just never age. I don't know what kind of vitamins are on. But uh, what a blessing to get to come. This is a hub of the Ecclesia hubs. Not, let's just face it, let's just honor God with what He's done. And, uh, and that's because you have such excellent leadership, persevering, overcoming leadership, and you have wonderful people in this place. And then to watch online. So uh, I'm not sure Gina will watch uh, this morning. Uh, and she didn't come. It's such a quick trip. And since you're a family, I'll tell you this, although I know the whole world may be watching, but Gene uh, uh, didn't come because Apostle Tim is not speaking this morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're family. <clears throat> Apostle Tim is number one preacher in my wife's life. And I and another guy named Sheets are tied for second. <laughs> it gets a little complicated, but uh, she sends her love and greetings. But I do want to honor you guys today, and uh, we, we watch you all the time. We sometimes have to do it archivally because we miss the, we're doing other stuff, ministering, but we check you out. Couldn't be more proud of what the Lord is doing with you and through you. Now, I just saw uh, the installment. If you haven't seen it yet, you probably will. Maybe you have. You're moving on to those videos that Apostle Tim made in D.C. And I watched that. Um, of course, we're all just getting text blown up in our phones. Don't miss Apostle Tim's message on the avalanche. Okay, we won't miss the avalanche. It's hard to miss an avalanche. They're pretty big. But anyway, and so he's making that uh, video outside the... Uh, White House across the street. And it was awesome, powerful, just wonderful as always. But I have a suggestion for Dalton and maybe Carol and Rachel and, uh, you know, Caitlin, the team, whoever puts all this stuff together. Next time you have Apostle Tim in D.C., just go ahead and record him when he's inside the White House. Okay, that's my suggestion. All right, well, with all that in mind, I do have a Bible. And just keep yours open uh, anywhere you want to. Well, I'm going to preach the whole thing this morning. It's been a while since I've been here. Now, I'm going to camp out a few moments in Isaiah later, but let me just start by asking the Lord to help us. Father, we say today you're here. You come in this living temple with your living presence to release living oracles that show us a living path 
and show us how to proceed and progress and increase in your calling upon us and the extension of your kingdom through us. Thank you this morning for open heaven that's here, remains here, and we just step into it today and we say with the songwriters, we will shout your name to all the earth for you and you alone, our creator, redeemer, Lord and King, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now this morning I'm excited because I get to tell you something that you won't hear from me a lot because I, pardon English, I is not a prophet. Okay, if you know me, I'm, I'm didactic. That's not a disease, that means teacher. Uh, and I'm just not a prophet. I know a lot of prophets, and that's a good thing. And of course, we're glad Apostle, Apostle Prophet, Prophetic Apostle Chuck Pierce is coming and uh, to you guys. And we've known Chuck for years, ministered with him in Malaysia. That's another whole story. But uh, I woke up four straight mornings in January, and I heard in my spirit, 2022 will be a year of Eliakim. I thought, Huh, well that's interesting. Now I know prophets like Marty Gabriel put out declarations at the start of each year because they will give us strategies, come on, concerning prophetic issues. And I know a number of prophets that they never miss the mark. It's amazing, I'm amazed by prophets. I hang around them. I let them rub on me so I can prophesy some, amen. But I'm not a prophet. So when I heard that, I said, well, Lord, you must be up to something. And I wish he would do that more often because when I heard that four times in my spirit before I got out of the bed, I thought, well, I think I have my guidance on where to study. <laughs> Duh, who is Eliakim? Now there are several in the Bible, okay? But we're gonna focus on the one, which we'll get to momentarily, in Isaiah 22, you know, we'll get to that. Because most of you know, several years ago, it almost got spooky how the numbers 222 popped up, hello, in Dutch's life. He got on an airplane, what's the flight number? 222. What's the room number? 2222. I said, Dutch, you're getting scary. But anyway, I mean, it just stuff just happened. And so you couldn't miss that. So we all got into Isaiah 22. And if you don't know Isaiah 22, you might have to admit to hand in your Ecclesia membership badge. But uh, okay, but so I'm just gonna go, go there right quick and uh, look at verse 20 of chapter 22. Can't time or we'll read the whole story, but just to get the highlight, uh, 22 of Isaiah and verse 20. It'll come out in that day, I will summon my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah. And I'll clothe him with your tunic and tie your sash securely about him. I'll entrust him with your authority. He'll become a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Then I will set the key of David, house of David, on his shoulder. When he opens, no one will shut. When he shuts, no one will open. I'll drive him like a, a peg in a firm place. He will become a throne of glory to his father's house. Now, with that in mind, you know the story. I'm not going to take time to give the full story, but basically what you've got going on here now is a shift uh, in the kingdom of Hezekiah. Right, a guy named Shebna has been the royal steward in the royal house of the king. 
But he gets, um, uh, shall we say, off track. He starts extorting money or embezzling money. He wants to build himself a rich tomb. Interesting. And, uh, and as a footnote, a side note, I, I take these side trips, forgive me, but, uh, but in Israel, uh, our guide, he's wonderful, he's a believing Jew, he's an archeologist, former Navy SEAL, uh, he said that he could imagine uh, in Holy Week that a couple of disciples went to see Nicodemus and Joseph Arimathea in Jerusalem uh, because after all, they were going to need a tomb. Jesus, right, was going to be crucified on Friday. And so I like the way my God put it. He said the disciples went to Joseph Arimathea and said, uh, Sir, uh, I think you know what's happening because Joseph and Nicodemus were probably followers of Jesus. I mean, that's pretty much in Scripture hinted at. And plus, uh, I saw the chosen, and they said that's where it was. Okay, and we love the chosen. It's, by the way, the chosen is being filmed seven miles from our house, Middle Lothian, Texas. So Gene and I are going to drive down one day and meet Jesus. But, uh, uh, but we love the chosen. It's just, it's, it's amazing. It's authentic. It's genuine. Makes Jesus real, not a stoic. I think this guy and uh, Jim Caviezel will do the best Jesus I've ever seen in my lifetime. So anyway, my guide in Israel said to us uh, in the story, he said, disciples asked Joseph, can we borrow your tomb? We'll only need it for the weekend. <laughs> Amen. All right. I think you got the point on that. All right. So. So here's Shebna trying to build himself expensive to uh, forget all that story just except to say a guy named Eliakim steps in and replaces him. Now, before we talk about Eliakim, I want to build up to that. So quickly, just take a few notes if you like. If you don't like, just take a nap. They, they do record these things. Uh, first of all, I want to give you some data which will build up to Eliakim. First of all is the name for God generically, the name El, E-L, okay, El. Now, even the Canaanites called some of their gods by El. Okay, but our God is defined not just by El, God generically. God is Elohim, right? Genesis, let us make mankind. Okay, God is El Shaddai, the all-sufficient and nourishing God. God is God, El Elyon, the possessor of heaven and of earth. So, so that's just the, an introduction to the concept of God, even in a pagan culture. But now the true of living God, of course, is defined by those things I just mentioned and so on. Okay? Now, let's start with our first character building up to Eliakim. Okay? Everybody say Eli. Eli was a priest, you know that, who had tutored young Samuel in hearing the voice of God. Now, I'm doing this for a reason because Eliakim's name is going to relate to all of these I'm just giving you. Okay, what's going on here is simply this. Eli's name means ascender. Now, how many of you know Eli did not live up to his name when he failed to correct his biological sons who desecrated the priesthood? But he certainly did live up to his name by mentoring a young boy named Samuel. Does that make sense? And so Eli, if I can say it this way, I think is a picture of some periods in church history 
perhaps even now, when we who love the Lord and follow Him know our Lord is ascended, we have that revelation. We died with Him, raised with Him, ascended with Him, enthroned with Him, thank you. But how many of you know, sad to say, that there's still evidently scores of people who may or may not be in churches, they believe that Jesus is ascended, but they don't believe that they are ascended. According to Ephesians 1 and 2, right? Ascended with Christ, but enthroned with Christ, seated at the Father's right hand. And when the perspective is lacking of that truth in the church, you know what happens. This lack of revelation and realization can lead to failure in our assignments to expand the kingdom of God on the earth. You know by now the kingdom is present and eternal. The kingdom's not all future. If you believe that, listen to for king and country and Rebecca St. James singing with her brothers. Kingdom of God, come. Will of God be done right here, right now. That's good theology put to a good tune by some skilled musicians. Amen. So that's Eli. Now the next guy is Elijah. I'm building up to something here. How many heard of Elijah? That's good, five people. Okay, no, no, Elijah's probably the most famous prophet, you know, by way of name and ministry and reputation. Okay, Elijah's name means the Lord is my God. Now this guy who's called a Tishbite, whatever that is, maybe that's like living in Hazard, Kentucky, I don't know, or, or I don't know, or somewhere in the hollers of West Virginia where I'm from. But anyway, Elijah has two names of God in his name. L and A-H. <clears throat> because A-H, right, summarizes Yah, which summarizes Yahweh. Is that right? Or Jehovah. So, so here's this guy with a double name of God in him. Interesting. Because you know later on, he'll release a double portion. To Elisha, who's going to come up, I'll get his name momentarily. So what I see here basically is that Elijah's ministry recorded in your Bible, in my Bible, is a strong photograph in full color of where we are today in a measure in our nation because Israel was polarized between those who worship the true Lord God of heaven and earth and the Baals. It was polarization. Come on, our nation has been increasingly polarized in this new year of 2022. I'm going to tell you, if you don't believe that's happening, then you better not read Matthew 13 because when Jesus talked about wheat and tares, that's polarization. Our nation is polarized. We're divided. We might be bipolar, tripolar, quadpolar. I don't know. We're just polarized. Everywhere you go, the main polarization is between, and the contrast is between a kingdom worldview and the Antichrist worldview. That polarization is stark and it's startling because the Antichrist worldview is anti life. 
anti-true gender identity, anti-family, anti-church, and anti-nation. The globalists are against nations. Don't get me started. I'm not talking about nationalism and Nazism. I'm talking about the nations. Then in Genesis 12, God said to Abraham, your seed will bless all the nations in the earth. The globalists are against nations. Don't get, don't get me on a rant. I'm just sticking with my notes. I, I, if I'm over here, I'm making it on a rant. Y'all just pray the Lord rain me in. Uh, amen. Okay. So, globalists, oh, I got to finish one last rant statement. The globalists like Bill Gates want the world to be three billion people. Well, we just crossed over eight billion. Cain had the spirit of Bill Gates. Murdering his brother Abel, that's deep populating the earth. God said populate it. People said, we don't have enough room. Are you kidding me? I mean, we got enough room. The issue is management. The issue is obeying God for nations as well as individuals. Amen? So, so here we are in this time of polarization. By the way, you might appreciate this. My wife and I have been to Mount Carmel several times. The first time we went, which of course Mount Carmel is located northwest in Israel. It's ahead of the valley of Jezreel, also called Armageddon. Uh, on a clear, no cloud, blue sky day, we were up on that mountain looking over the valley. And all of a sudden, and this is something you can't unsee. I'm going to tell you something you cannot not unsee. <laughs> Our guide said, quick, look left. Okay, and on the flat valley floor, from our perspective, came up 45 degrees, two ramps. And on the ramps was sitting on each one an Israeli fighter jet. And they took off, took care of business. Then after that, we got in the Air Force Academy in Israel. And the young pilot gave us a lecture. It couldn't have been 23. He gave us a lecture. Then he said, would you like to see my plane? Well, sure. Took us out of the hangar. He said, thank you. I see you tourists are mainly from America. This plane's from America. We got it, put in our software. And before we go to Gaza, when they're firing rockets over the border at us, we get on our cell phone and we call the apartment manager or the hospital administrator and say, get the place clear. We gotta come in. Because terrorists hide behind human shields. And when he gave that, it just almost brought tears because, and he just, he just loved that plane, had a good spirit. And they're truly named the IDF, Israel Defense Force. They're defending themselves. They're defending their borders. <clears throat> Got to move on here. So what I'm trying to get to is in a day of polarization, you know who's going to win the day? The God who answers by fire. The God who answers by fire. Mas fuego, por favor. Senor, more fire. Let's go to Elisha quickly. Elisha's name means God is gracious. 
You know the story about Elisha. He gets a man of Elijah thrown on him as he's plowing in the field. And uh, he gets a promise if he sees Elijah the prophet go up in his ascending departure, he'll get a double portion. Of course, he gets a double portion. But this throws another interesting dimension we need concerning ecclesia understanding. It's not just about power from God which we need, which personal Pentecost will release in your life and my life to receive Holy Spirit like they did in Acts chapter 2, thank you, in fulfillment of Joel's prophecy and Peter's preaching on the resurrected Christ. But what's going on, I think you know this, is that the issue of Elisha, because his name means God is gracious. So God's grace, in, and grace is not just favor, it's enablement, but it's also favor. And so since Elisha gets a double portion, if you compare Scripture to Scripture, Deuteronomy 18, uh, I'm sorry, 21 verse 17 says, the double portion goes to the firstborn son. Because when the father of the family dies, the firstborn gets a double portion, becomes almost like a surrogate father to take care of the family and the family inheritance and the family uh, resources and all the rest of that. But what's interesting to me is, and I've said this before, I'll say it again though, in the Old Testament, never was there ever a firstborn son who got the double portion. Cain didn't. He was the first of Adam and Eve. Abel got it. Abel got murdered, Seth replaced him. Noah's firstborn son, Jephthah, didn't get it, Shem got it. Abraham's firstborn son, Ishmael, didn't get it, Isaac got it. Isaac's firstborn son, Esau, didn't get it, Jacob got it from him. Jacob's firstborn son, Reuben, didn't get it, Joseph got it. Joseph's firstborn son, Manasseh, didn't get it, Ephraim got it. What's going on here? The promise is to the firstborn. How come they didn't get it? Because the, the firstborn portion could not be released until the true firstborn son, Jesus, went to the cross, shed his blood for our sins, and then rose on the third day as the firstborn son. And we share in his inheritance come on, because we're heirs of God, Romans says, and join heirs with Christ. So what you and I have today is an ability not just to be empowered for ministry as an ecclesia in a world that so desperately needs the gospel of the kingdom in a nation, particularly our own nation, but also an inheritance because Jesus, you got to recall this, said the meek inherit the earth. We have an inheritance. Jesus says, I'll inherit the nation, Psalm 2. Well, if he's getting nations, guess what you're getting? You're getting what he's getting. Thank you. You've got an authority in Christ, not just to move in power giftings and call down fire as it were like Elijah but you also have an inheritance in the Lord come on that means all others who are claiming to be heirs of this world are false heirs and need to be replaced uh, in the name of Jesus while we're at it and in Hebrews 12 in Hebrews 12 We've come to seven new covenant realities, and one that strains out to me is Hebrews 12, 23, we are the ecclesia of the firstborn. Wow, the words there again, ecclesia pops up a lot, doesn't it? Okay, well, long introduction, short message, let's talk about Eliakim. <laughs> All right, here's what Eliakim represents, and I'll get to his name in just a minute. Let me start off what he represents. He represents 
the highest level of stewardship we need in order to effectively and expeditiously advance the kingdom of God in 2022. You know what Elikim's name means? God rises. God stands up. Uprightness. If you can hear, if it says God rises, is that resurrection language? Yeah. So Elikim in his priesthood, because he is a priest, his, his, you know, his parents in name on him, Hilkiah, he's, a, he's called a priest in the passage. But his priesthood is related to one that went before him named Melchizedek. If that's hard to say, just call him Mel. Mel was the king priest of Jerusalem. He was the priest, yes, but he was the king priest. John says in Revelation twice, 1, 6, and 5, 10, you and I are called to be a kingdom of priests. We're priests unto our God. There's a priestly dimension to our, come on, stewardship. Thank you. And there's a kingly, ladies, queenly, you're not left out. There's a kingly anointing to our stewardship. Come on. So summing up this whole thing, here is who this guy was. He became, after Shebna uh, was not removed immediately, he was just demoted to a scribe. He later on got deposed. But anyway, summing up the stewardship for Elikim, it says he has the key of David on his shoulder. What does that mean? That means he's in charge under the king. It means he's the Lord Chamberlain of King Hezekiah's household. He's the Lord Treasurer of King Hezekiah's war chest. He was essentially the Prime Minister of Judah under a good king named Hezekiah. And here's what I love, summing up his stewardship, it says he had the key of the house of David on his shoulder. Now don't get me started on these didactic side trips, but the same Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 9, 6, where does the government of God's kingdom lie? On the shoulder of Yeshua Messiah. So every believer, come on, every believer in Jesus in the spirit has a key on their shoulder. See the steward if, if you're going to steward the king's house, don't lose the key. <clears throat> my wife and I's conversation sometimes just gets down to the bottom line. Where's my glasses? Where's the key? <clears throat> okay. If you're stewarding the king's household, don't lose the king's key. So what you, they did, the steward just had a sash and uh, right there attached to his shoulder, my conviction is the right shoulder because that's the right hand, which is the power, the authority of God. It's got to be the right shoulder, okay? No offense to left handies or southpaws. Some of the best pictures I ever saw were southpaws. Well, I didn't see them, but I heard the pictures go by as I was at the plate. But anyway, uh, but, it just, but the authority in God is pictured on the right shoulder. Come on, and you know your Bible. Here's a kicker, Revelation 3, 7. Jesus our king priest has the key of David. And he opens doors no man can shut, shuts doors no man can open. The same thing, Isaiah 22 is the root of Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. Everybody knows our Bible knows that. 
But here's what I want to get to and just kind of take you back in the story and then wrap this up this morning. Here's what's exciting to me. Because the ecclesia by the Holy Spirit is seated at the right hand of King Jesus, she has a key of David authority with Christ. See, we're not only sharing in Christ's inheritance, we're sharing in His authority and power. And if you don't believe that, let me give you the best verse outside of Ephesians 2, 6 and 1, 20 you need. And that verse is Revelation 3, 21, when Jesus says, He who overcomes, I will grant to sit down with me on my throne as I overcame and sat down on my Father's throne. Can you believe that verse? That means the authority. How can you get any higher authority than that? There is none. Come on, heaven's open, yes. We're ministering on an open heaven. But that is simply a testimony that the Lord is using ordinary folks who love Jesus to do extraordinary things. We need your voice. We cannot leave quietly. We're going to roar. The lion roars, we're going to roar. Come on, the lamb suffers. Okay, we've been through some suffering. We are, but the lion roars and the lion wins. But wait a minute. Can you imagine that picture? I'm an overcomer sat down with my father. You're, if you overcome, you'll sit down with me on my throne. It's called sitting in council with the Godhead. What's your plan, sir? How are we going to execute these plans? Yes, sir. Let's get on with it. Hallelujah. Now, nothing new here for all you Ecclesiaites. I just made up a word. Well, it happens all right. Now, but let's get to where this thing gets real practical. Here we go. Historically, here's the setting. Things are getting tough in Judah because the ugly Assyrians are about ready to attack them. If you've studied history, they will tell you that the Assyrians were probably the most wicked people group ever. They literally tortured their enemies, both the ones who become carcasses dying in the battle and those still alive. They literally just had mechanisms to strip off people's skins. This is hideous. One person said, just pure devil. And you know what? Hezekiah said, we're in a fix. We're in a mess. So he says, I've got to get a message to the prophet. And the message he gave him in 2 Kings 19 was, this day is a day of distress, rebuke, and rejection. For children have come to birth, but there's no strength to deliver. See, the Syrian king Sennacherib had sent messengers on ahead to tell Hezekiah, don't you even think twice about fighting us. Because you know what's going on in this neighborhood. The Bible is called the Fertile Crescent, the Holy Land and those environs. Every battle the Assyrians fought, they won decisively. And let me show you their arrogance. In 2 Kings 19.10, they boldly told Hezekiah, do not let your God, whom you trust, deceive you, saying Jerusalem will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. 
How many know sometimes the enemy gets kind of prideful? Come on. Can you believe this? And so Hezekiah says, okay, Elikam, go and tell Isaiah we're in a mess. Okay? I couldn't help but do this. I'm not going to make up doctrine, but I couldn't resist this. When the king sent messengers from Assyria to talk to Hezekiah, to be bold enough to say, don't you trust in your God. He'll deceive you. Use no way you can win against us. Well, I want to kind of rise up and just say this. USA, you'll not be given into the hands of the Marxists, globalists, and tyrants. Don't tell us who's deceived. We read the whole book. All right. Now, you know the predicament that Judah was in, but it gets resolved. <laughs> you know your Bible, 2 Kings 19.35. The angel of the Lord wiped out all by himself. 185,000 Assyrians. Woo! If any church knows, if anybody's heard Apostle Tim, they know that angels are not like carvings on your soap dish. Michael sends in the big guys, the warring angels. Thank you. One of them, just one of them. Just like I had a photograph of him. Or maybe a video of the whole thing. 185,000. Here's the point, dear. You and I win even against overwhelming odds. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. That's just simple bottom line math, in my opinion. Come on now. See, I believe that awesome victory had to be preceded by divine alignment. Because when the king sent Elikim the priest to go visit the prophet Isaiah, they're aligning what God had in the beginning with Adam and Eve in the garden. Thank you. They were serving as priests in the garden to steward relationships between God and themselves and among them. They were serving as prophets. They were to fill the earth with what? With the word of God that they were hearing. And they were to take dominion and subdue. Thank you. And then David even pictures those three offices on the way back to him being restored fully in Christ himself. Those offices and callings didn't go anywhere. When Adam fell, of course, and Eve fell, you know, they, they didn't function in them as they should, of course. But now, promised to be restored in Adam are foreseen even in David. Because David, thank you, we know he was king of Judah first and king of Israel, but he's also a priest why didn't Michael get upset? Because he took off his kingly robe and put on a linen robe as the ark came back to Zion. That's the deal. 
And we know David, we read the Psalms, right? And we also know that Peter, or, or, yeah, Peter said in Acts 2 that David's a prophet. So David is walking in a prophetic, priestly, and kingly anointing. Well, thank you. Our Messiah is called Son of David. And we are walking in those same three alignments. And when those are aligned, pardon my English, devil ain't got no chance. <laughs> oh, excuse me, for those that don't know who the devil is, he's the <clears throat> forever loser. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm eavesdropping on you. Y'all just, you better, okay, okay, you got it. All right. Well, let me do this. I feel led to do something because I'm getting hungry. Uh, let me just say this. Matthew 1 says, Jesus Christ, son of Abraham, son of David. You and I, as it were, through the Abrahamic covenant, access our redemption through Jesus, the seed of Abraham, right? But come on, in David's son, Jesus, son of David, we find our royalty. You are royal, you are regal, and you are setting the tone and the pace for more in the body of Christ to step up globally. Thank you. And release divine power, release divine authority, release divine inheritance, and it happens through a royal stewardship. As you can tell, I'm no spring chicken. I'm saying, Lord, at my age, why am I called upon now to steward more than I did when I was younger and had more energy? Like the Lord said, just, just don't talk about that. <laughs> you just get off what you're supposed to be doing. Step into it. This old carcass here gets tired at times, but my spirit's young. It's hooray. I'm going to get a resurrected body, hooray. Don't get me on that one. I love the way N.T. Wright puts it. I want to talk to you about the resurrection. That's life after life after death. Hooray. Yeah, our lovings are in heaven. We miss them. Some have gone this year. I've had funerals of men younger than I. That's sad. I'm just 83. I can't wait to see what I'm going to be when I grow up. But honey, we got a call on us. It's not just religious verbiage. It's not just hope so. Oh my, oh, things are so bad. Uh, yeah, they're, they're so bad because we haven't had any um, ecclesia folks showing up and confronting what must be confronted and uh, humbly before the Lord, but not saying we're going to deny any dimension of what God pours to you and through you and me. We're his vessels, thank you. He works with angels, we all know that too. But listen, we're going to go to a new level, I just want to prophesy right now, a new level of stewardship, authority, power, and service. And here's the footnote I'm going to close with before we pray. Twice it says about Eliakim, he's going to restore a fathering spirit back to Judah. That's amazing. And this guy was 
probably not real old. I'm sure the king was probably older than, than Eliakim. But he is going to restore the glory of fatherhood. And why wouldn't he? To magnify our father. Let's stand up. We're going to pray. I'm probably not finished. I just need to stop. You guys have been awesome. I have a sense that said what I wanted to say. Nothing really new here. It's just kind of a refresher, hopefully an encouragement. But what I want you to do as I get ready to pray, if you don't mind, as you stand, if you don't mind, just uh, bow before the Lord. Just, But I want you, if you don't mind, put your right hand on your right shoulder. It's a little bit, maybe a stretch for some of us, but, but just do that if you don't mind. Father, in the name of Jesus, our risen, ascended, installed reigning king. Today we thank you for the key of David on our shoulder. We see it in the spirit. We feel its impact. Right now, your grace will come and fall upon us, enable us to rise like your servant Eliakim's name means God rises, that we will rise and be able in the days we have in your allotment for us to fulfill every aspect, every dimension of your eternal call upon our lives. So we say, Ecclesia, you are rising. Recognize your full authority. You have had to overcome so much, but you have overcome. You're more than a conqueror through my son. And today, I'm gonna enable you to see the key that accesses or blocks access, that permits or prohibits, that opens or shuts. Comprehensive kingdom authority wielded by faithful stewards. Father, thank you this morning that we're first of all before you, sons and daughters. And we're also servants. We're sons and daughters who serve. But Lord, we are stewards. You called your ecclesia people to be planet managers stewards of the earth, not escaping off into heaven. Heaven's real, but wait a minute. Lord, your heart's always been to cause heaven and earth to connect and relate and flow back and forth, just like it did before our first parents fall. But now through Christ, and we're born in that new family of yours, Father God, we say heaven and earth will connect the new creation, hallelujah, that was inaugurated at a cross and an empty tomb and at an ascension is moving through history and it all concludes with a glorious new Jerusalem and a glorious new heaven and new earth. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I take authority this morning over every thought that comes like out of the mouth of all those 
the Syrian messengers that we can't do this, that we can't win. I rebuke that. I expel it in Jesus' name. How could we ever say that? We would not say it, but we sometimes are tempted by the enemy to think it, but we say we're not going to think it because, Lord, you overcame the world. Yeah, there's tribulation. Yeah, there's pressure. But you said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. The world system does not prevail. God's cosmological and covenantal purpose prevail. For our Lord Jesus is risen, he's ascended, he's exalted, he's enthroned, and we in the Spirit are with him. Now just, just thank him right now. Just thank him for what he's done. Just, just bless him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We bless your name. I'm going to ask um, Brother Jim if you'll do something. Um, because with the assignment here of stewarding in Ecclesia, and of course, you know, you have authority over my life. I respect you that way. And that transcends to us all. But if this makes sense, I we have a stewarding anointing to be an ecclesia and model that as best we can. But I felt for this nation that there's kind of a three-month here parentheses where we're called to war. The war for this nation. To, to, to rule and reign, to, to, to sit with Christ at his council on the throne. And I didn't choose that. I didn't ask for it. Although I was up for it, I want it. But I feel like there's some kind of call and everyone, all there's ecclesias there and they're all doing good. Bless them all. But I feel like there's something that, that I and we are supposed to, like a call within the call to a nation to, to turn it. And um, I don't know how to do that. I, I, I only know, I, I know how to follow the Holy Spirit. But there are strategies that we need. There are insight that we need. There are, and, when you went to Eliakim, uh, to Eliakim, the Chamberlain anointing, I, that'll make more sense to to us next week because of another dream that I had, but oh, concerning keys. But I, I feel like there's some things that we've got to get opened, and I feel like it's some kind of thing that the Lord has asked us to do. So I need wisdom. We need wisdom. We need strategies. We need for this assignment. Yes, we have an assignment greater to the world and everything, but there's something about through the midterm, as God kept saying. And I don't know anyone else that 
I would want to pray into it and ask God to give that insight, wisdom, whatever, to help us steward this along with others in the ecclesia in such a way that we win because we know we're going to win. Um, and even the angels that are assigned to us in the last couple of months, I know that there are other angels that are present and I'm trying to get my bearings on that. So we need wisdom. We ask for it. We need strategy. We ask for it. And uh, we ask people in authority over our lives to kind of pray into that. And some kind of blessing that way. So I don't know. You're, you're, well, let me do what you feel. All right. Let me just say to you and all the folk here at Oasis and those watching online, Apostle Tim, the reason this is so strategic is because it is so you and it's so this ministry. Because when you get the high profile, like has happened online, some leaders would just say, well, this is just great. We'll just camp right here. But because you know there's another level of stewardship, right, with God rising in your midst, this is so right. And I'd be honored to do that. And I'm going to just read a quick statement that I'm going to pray because this was in something I just happened to have in my Bible, but it's simple. But it's the reason you're doing what you're doing because of all that is now happening. And I don't know of any voices I trust more than yours and your brother. I walk with a lot of people. But you guys have carried this a long time. I'm delighted as a father to say, you've got me on me. I'm not retiring, by the way. I'm not sitting down. I'm gonna go as much as I can until I don't go here, go there. So I just want to say in light of your request, I'm honored to do that because we, we not only check with you guys online because we've known you and we like you. Those are two helpful things, but we're staying connected because of the DNA of this house and your leadership. Of course, Dutch is involved in that too, of course, and who he is. So I'm just going to say this, and these are just kind of declarative observations and then I want to pray a blessing in here. Here's what I'm going to say. Something is moving. Something is stirring. Something is flowing. Something is blowing. Something is growing. Something is pouring. Something is shifting. Something is shaking. Something is rising. Something is turning, something is reversing, something is resetting, something's fleeing, something's realigning, something's reviving, something's restoring, something is awakening. I declare the revival is not just coming, revival's here.
The harvest is not just coming, the harvest is here. The third great awakening is not just coming, it's here. The kingdom is not just coming, it's here and now. So let's pray. Father, we thank you right now in this moment. In the gaze of angels, Paul mentioned to Timothy, we're aware right now of the urgency, the primacy, and the timeliness of this assignment. Come on, for King Jesus to inherit America. We say he is and he shall. And we now speak a blessing mm. that goes beyond what has been here heretofore. Mm. To go to the next level, Lord, we've got to step into that new level of stewarding what is in the heart of this man of God, his family, and the oasis in Middletown, Ohio, and all those who connect with them already because of the miracle of technology that we thank you for because the word is being dispersed everywhere. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. No corner left in darkness. Mm. Strongholds just to fall, deceptions just to be broken, but no corner is now going to be left out of the light for the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Mm -hmm. Jesus has his inheritance, America, is turning, America is being saved, yes. America is being called back to her purpose as it was in the founding, and America, no better than any other nation, we understand that, but our calling is embedded in history's record and the principles out of the Word of God that we've been all taught that were in our hearts of our forefathers. So we receive today the renewing of the covenant which gives us new strength and new vigor and new focus and even greater vision to accomplish, Lord, what you so graciously and somehow maybe mysteriously poured out upon us to fulfill in this hour. Yes. We say in this day of polarization yes, that the God who answers by fire wins. Yes. And we are with him. We're the people of the fire. We're the ecclesia of fire. We're the ecclesia of government with the ecclesia of prophetic announcements, apostolic decrees. You are moving us now, Lord, into a time when we go beyond previous moves of God in history where this was emphasized in your word or this was emphasized in ministry. Now, Lord, you brought us to an hour when there's a compilation, combination of all the previous moves. I know we call that Sir the Ages, but I just reminded that when the Lord is doing this awesome stuff like he did in Micah Cosm in, in Frisco this past week, it wasn't just one or two things. It was a release of many of the dynamics and anointings from heaven to fulfill the calling upon those of us who are followers of Yeshua, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So we bless Apostle Tim, his team. Thank you for this worship team, Lord, the mantle they carry. Thank you for their obedience, their humility. Yes, their talent, but most of all, their availability to you. They know how to move in the throne room. They know how to bring heaven's dimensions here. 
and how to represent us there. And all that are involved in this ministry, both locally here and online, that your blessing now surpasses all that they've ever known because they're blessed, as we all know, to be a blessing. Mm. So we receive that today. We receive that today. And we say that this will bring about some results in the kingdom of God in this nation and around the world that weren't even in the heart of the strategy when we started out. Mm. There'll be some byproducts of this move. And Lord, in your graciousness, you'll meet all of us where we are at whatever level and take us to the next level. Mm. In the name of our conquering King, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for putting this thing on us together. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jim. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Jim. Thank you. Mm. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. We win. We win. We win. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Hallelujah. I just felt something like just shift. It's like hard to describe, but the feeling I had, have you ever had, um, well, I know you, you're a lot younger, <laughs> but we used to drive by a stick shift. Remember that? I learned that way. <laughs> and that, this come to mind right now, but it was like, I was, you shift the gear, used to shift gears, and if you didn't do it just right, the gears would grind, and you couldn't hardly get it in gear, and finally it'd get in gear. And I felt like I was starting to grind a little bit. <laughs> and when you was praying, I felt like shifted into gear. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Yeah. Let's shift into the high gear, amen? Wow, wow, wow. Pop the clutch. They don't know what that means either, but <laughs> amen. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the, the word and we receive it with joy. Thank you for Brother Jim and Gene and the great, the great ministries, Lord, that they steward. Bless them. Thank you for inspiring us, Lord, uh, through his life. And uh, uh, we thank you, Lord, for the word today that feeds us, inspires us, and the prayer to take us into another gear. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Jim. Forty-some good words. <laughs> Years of them. Bless you all, and you guys have a great day. Keep praying for us, and remember, we'll be releasing another prophetic word on Wednesday evening. Bless you so much.